Hey, this is Andrea and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. We're going to go ahead and jump in. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me to Acts chapter 2 in verse 22. We're going to look at Acts chapter 2 and we're going to start reading in verse number 22. Um, and if you, and we kind of ended the last series off in this chapter, kind of right before uh, this, this segment of scripture that we're going to take a look at today. So this really is kind of tying into where we were. Um, Acts chapter 2 in verse 22 reads like this. It says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Fellow Israelites, verse 29 says, we jump down, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. And seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it, exalted to the right hand of God. And he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Man, leave something in there in Acts chapter 2. We're going to come back to that later um, in the message, but I want to take look at one more passage of Scripture just to kind of frame out where we're going with the Word today. And let's look in the book of Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to take a look at verses 13 and 14. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14 reads like this. It says, enter through the narrow gate, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find. Let me read that again. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Again, we're kicking off a new series today called We Are Not Normal and the message today is, the ordinary just won't do. The ordinary just won't do. Bow your heads wherever you are. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for this day. Lord, it's a day, Lord, that you have made, and we rejoice, and we're glad in it, and we are so grateful for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to minister the gospel, to declare your goodness, Lord, to declare your grace, to say that you are holy and, and there is none like you, Lord, and there is none above you or beside you, God. And Lord, and we seek your face today. We look for that connection to, to have a relationship with you, God. And Lord, I pray that as we begin to break down your word, that this word would come alive, Lord, that maybe for the first time for someone, they'd see the truth of your gospel and desire a 
relationship with you. God, I pray that the word would be clear. Lord, let me decrease in this moment that you might increase, that we might experience you, God, that we might know you, that we, we might know of your wonders and your goodness and your grace and, and all that we need to know in this life to have a good relationship with you. God, I pray for everyone that's watching today. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in all of our lives individually. And Lord, I know that we are blessed because of your word. So Lord, let your word come forth powerfully today. In the name of Jesus, we all say together, amen, amen. I got a few people in the room helping me, give me a few amens. I've been by myself. Y'all done left me alone for the last 10 weeks, right? I've been by myself, so I'm glad to have just a couple, a sprinkling of people in the room today, if you will, that's helped me. They're going to give me a few amens to help me, help me feel good about my message today. Uh, but man, we're glad to, uh, to, to be here and to be with you again, right? We're taking off a new series. We are not normal. The ordinary just won't do. One of the things that I communicate a lot when I'm, when I'm teaching at City Hard, one of the things I communicate a lot is about the crossroads, right? Right? So, so I just had bone thuds and harmony pop in my head. I'm sorry. Right? But I often think about the crossroads, right, that we face in our personal lives when it comes to our faith, right? It's, it's the crossroads, right? That's the place where we make the conscious decisions about our lives. And, and what I'm saying is that, look, if you're making a conscious decision, it's one it's, it's a decision that is sober, and it's a decision that is clear, right? It's, it's, it's one that is, that is thought out. Nobody's kind of brainwashing you or pushing you into, you know, kind of this thought, but it's one that you've made on your own. It's, it's that kind of decision. And, and, and here's what I know, right? For the non-believer, right, or maybe you're new to your faith, right, you have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. As, as a non-believer, if you're somebody that's watching today and you, man, you're, you're kind of on the fence about God or you don't have a relationship with him, the decision that you have to make is to commit, right, to where you really want to go. And, and, and the decision you make is, man, who you want to be with God, man, do you want to even, do you want to go down this road? Do you, man, you're watching me today and, and maybe you're saying, look, I'm, I'm going to try this God thing again. And so you're saying, look, let me, let me at least watch church, right? I can, I can at least watch from home. I'm, I'm not having to go in right now, so let me at least watch from here. And if, if you're doing that, right, then, then I hope that you're, you're kind of in that place of making a decision, but figuring out, man, where do you really want to go with God? What do you really want to do with him, right, and, and be with with him, and you're making that versus the choice to remain in the lifestyle that you've been in, right? You've been kind of living your own way for a long time, or you've been doing your own thing, and now you're at this crossroads, and you're trying to decide, man, do I go this way and really connect with God, or do I go, do I go the other way and kind of stay doing what I've been doing? That's the crossroads that you're at. If you're here and you're watching, right, as a believer, your decision is a little bit different, but, but very similar, right? Because as believers, right, the choice that we're making is really regarding our level of faith, right? It's regarding our faith. And the decision that we have to make is, are we going to really live this life fully? Are we going to really pursue the greatness and the love and the joy and the peace and the happiness that we see promised by God in his word? Are we really going to follow that or are we going to slide back into desiring what we see promised in the world? Are you going to become a backslider? As they used to say in the, whole, in the old church, the reason why they said it is because, man, sometimes we have this habit of sliding back into habits and, and thoughts and ways and, and things that we did before. And that's the crossroad as believers that we're at. Man, am I really going to go with God or am I going to fall back into kind of what I was doing before? And whether you're a believer or a non-believer, in order to make a real decision in any way, what you have to do is count the cost. What you have to do is take a real look, right, and count what is this really going to cost me? And what does that look like, right? That's, that's estimating what you currently have, right? It's, it's understanding when, where am I really trying to go? And it's also considering what it takes to actually get there, right? Let me, let me say that again, right? What, is, what, what are you doing when you count the cost, right? You're estimating what you currently have, right? What, what do I have on me now, right? You're, you're trying to understand, okay, where am I really trying to go? Where do I really want to be, right? And you're considering what you need to get there, right? What does it take for me to really reach what I'm trying to get to. Man, I, I remember as a kid, 
right? I grew up in Boston, and, and Boston has, right, pretty good public transportation. They have one of the best systems in the country. And I remember as a kid, you know, when I was young, right, and if you're young, you know, back in the day, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was kind of cute, just a little bit, right? And, and right, and I, I go to see a young lady at the mall or something like that, and I didn't have a car. I was young, right? And so I had to take public transportation to, to meet up with somebody or meet up with some friends there. And so I'd have to take the bus, right, to then get on the, the subway, and then maybe I had to switch over to a trolley, right? And you had to, you had to map that out, right? And I was, I was young, so I didn't have a lot of money. So I had to estimate, okay, how much is it going to take for me, right, to get on the bus and get on the train and get to where I want to go? And then, man, I, man, I, I got to know exactly where I'm going so that I know, man, how much it's going to take for me to get back. Because I only had a little bit of money. So, you know, I had to make sure I, I had to get enough there. And you got to, you know, you got to have enough to go to the store and buy something that, so that you didn't look broke, right? But then you had to have enough money to get back on the train and the bus to get back home. Y'all hear me today, right? But I had, to, I had to think about all that before. And some of us, man, we, we, sometimes we go into decisions without counting the cost. We look into things and, and we don't really consider the entire picture before making a decision of, of fully understanding what we're walking into. And, and, and Jesus talks about this with his, with his disciples. He kind of, he, he gives them, he tells them, hey, I want you to count the cost. If you look in uh, Luke chapter 14, and I'm, let, me, let me show this to you. Luke chapter 14, verse 26 reads like this. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate, right? If they don't put aside their father and mother or their wife and, and, and kids or their brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, right? Even your wealth or your political affiliation or your attitudes or your habits or, or the vices that you've been a part of, part of, right? If you're not ready to put those things aside, he says, such a person cannot be my disciple, Man, that's, a, that's tough. You're like, man, PK, is that what you said? No, no, that's what the word says. That's what Jesus said, right? If, if you can't let go of that stuff, if, 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 if you can't choose me over your kids, if you can't choose me over your spouse, if you can't choose me over your friends, if you can't choose me over your lifestyle or what you've kind of been a part of, if you can't pick me over that, man, you, I don't, you can't be my disciple. And I know that, that man, that's a tough word. That's hard to hear because, man, we want to think, oh, the Lord will just take me however I am. And even, man, and I can do this and still hang with the Lord. And the Lord's like, no, not really, right? Verse 27 goes on. He says, and whoever does not carry their cross. So if you don't pick up that stuff, right, if you, you're not ready to, to take all that stuff and, and, and put it aside and, and follow him, he says, you cannot be my disciple, so that means that we really have to make a real decision. You, we really have to draw, draw, draw a line, line in the sand and say, either I'm going to serve the Lord or I'm not. Man, either, either I'm going to be with him or I'm not, right? You can't be lukewarm. You can't be in the middle. The, Lord, the word says that, man, you will be spit out. But I have to make a conscious decision, a sober-minded decision to say, Lord, I trust you and I'm going to walk with you and I choose you. I choose to walk with you. And so what Jesus is saying to his disciples here, what he's saying to us is that there is a high price that you'll pay for following him. There's a high price that you'll pay. And, and, and the Lord, he doesn't, he doesn't want to kind of, he doesn't want to brainwash or kind of hoodwink in you into a, a relationship with him. He wants it to be, look, I want you to make a decision on your own, right? And, and so he's saying, look, don't follow me without knowing what it will cost you. I want you to go ahead, look, go ahead and estimate what you got. Man, I want you to understand where, where we're going, and I want you to consider what it takes. Man, do you have what it takes to get there and to get back, right? He wants to make sure that you know. And if you're not willing to pay the price, then really, you're not following me. If you're not willing to let stuff go that you know is not aligned with me, you're really not following me. And that's okay, and I think sometimes we feel like, that's offensive. But really it isn't if you think about it, because God's saying, look, if you're going to be in, be in. But if you're going to be out, be out. I'd rather, I want you to be in. I'd prefer for you to be in. Man, my, 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 my hope for you is that you be in. But look, if you're choosing out, if you're going to choose that stuff, choose that stuff. Making that decision to follow Jesus is you saying, I'm willing to forsake. I'm willing to put aside all of those things to follow Jesus. 
That's the decision that we're making. Even if, even if it's my mama, yes. Even if it's your mama, even if it's your daddy, right? Even, even if it's your, your cousin and them, right? Whoever it is, right? Nana, Mimi, mama, whatever the name is you give your grandma. All of them, right? And, and your spouse. Some of y'all ready to throw your husband away anyway. Don't do that, right? But all of those people, right, I'm making a conscious decision, right, after estimation, after understanding, after consideration to follow Jesus, and look, I get it. I can, even from here, I can hear the gears in your head turning. And you're saying, look, PK, that's not a normal decision. That's not just an average decision. Like, that's, that's really, really big. What you're, man, you're, you're telling me to, to put me, my, my mama? Did you, it's my mama. You're like telling me to put my mama aside? And I'm saying, yeah. If, 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 it, if it comes between you and your mama and Jesus, you're going to have to make a decision. Man, does Jesus, is, is living for him really, does it, are you really following him? And I'm saying we should be doing that. Man, forsaking all my, my family and my friends, the stuff that I like to do that I know I shouldn't be doing, but I still like it. You're telling me to put that stuff down? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, PK, that's not normal. You're absolutely right. It's not normal. It's not normal. And, if, and look, I'll put it this way. Look, if you just want to be normal, if you just want to live for the world and live and you just, you just need that stuff over Jesus, look, go, go be normal. It's, it's almost better for you to go and be all of that than trying to play the, the seesaw game and you in and out or you, you're, you're kind of doing this all the time. You're kind of in and out of really wanting to worship God. Look, I'm saying just serve God if you want to serve him. And if you want to do your stuff, go and do your stuff. I'd rather you do that and be honest with yourself than trying to be halfway and not living what God wants you to really be. Be all, right, they say, be all that you can be, right? Be all that God has called you to be. Why am I telling you to do that? It's because, look, if you want to be normal, go be normal. Go be that. But I recognize that for many of us, when you're thinking about this and you're thinking about a decision like that, it, you can't choose normal because you know that normal is no longer working for you. It's just, look, it's, it's, not, it's not working. Our normal, right, it's, it's not working anymore, right? And that's, that's what we're seeing in our country right now. We're seeing people, right, who are living at a substandard condition, right? They're living at a substandard level in their life. And they're saying, look, this hasn't worked. And it's not working, living at this standard and people, right, some people living the high life and some people not. And, and some people choosing, man, to, to man, they, they have a life, a blessed life, and they're safe and they're secure and some people not. Look, that's not working anymore, right? Especially because in our constitution of this country, it says that we're all created equal. So, man, how is it that we can live in a country that says we're created equal, but still we're not living equally, right? Still, it seems like some people are living at a different level. And so people are speaking out. And, and, and they're looking for real change, and they've made a decision that they're not going to live what has been normalized any longer, right? Because that's what happens, right? We start to normalize things, and then, right, because it's normal, we deem it as being right. But just because something has been normalized doesn't mean it's right, right? Slavery was legalized, but it wasn't right. Right, Jim Crow laws were legal at one point, and then they weren't legal. They were not right. But, you know, look, and those things were normal, right? It was normal to say whatever you want to say to anybody or treat anybody anyway. Look, it's not normal. And we recognize that normal isn't working. That stuff might be normal in the, word, in the, in, in the world, but it's not normal for our lives. And we're, so we're choosing not to do that. Look, if normal isn't working, then that's, maybe God is calling me to go in a different way. 2 Corinthians 5, 4 says, look, while we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and we sigh. What does that mean? Right? That means we're frustrated and we're tired. People are frustrated and tired by living this normal, right? And it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us, the word says. It says, rather, we want to put on our new, our new bodies so that these dying bodies, these decaying bodies, these suffering bodies will be swallowed up by life. They'll be swallowed up by something better than the death that we've been living. That's, that's really what we're choosing. What, what we're saying is, is that we're looking for a new way, right, that leaves normal behind. 
That's what really saying, look, I, if, if I can't live normal, it's, it's not working for me. And so I need to find a, a, a new way that leaves this normal behind. And, I, and I, this is what I love about Jesus because John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. Right? So if you're here and you're looking for a new way, you recognize that my normal ain't normal. Right? Jesus says, look, I am the way and I am the truth and I am the life that you, you've been seeking. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So important to know that what we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ is knowing that he is the way, right? He's the way in our faith as believers, right? In the body of Christ, his church, right? Is, he, man, he's anything but normal, right? When you follow Jesus, when you put your faith in him, look, it's not normal. It's not like the world. It's different, right? And that's okay. We're not normal, but we're okay. I'm okay with not being normal. I'm, I'm super okay with that. When you, if you're following Jesus, if you're following his way, just know that his way is not normal. His way is not the standard. His way is, 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 is not ordinary. And that's okay. And so that's why in this series, what we're, what we're endeavoring to teach you, right, is some of the, fundal, fun, some of the fundamental truths, right? It's, we're we're, we're going to work on teaching you what we believe and why we believe it. As the church, as his body, if, man, if we're going to be aligned with him, then we need to be okay with not being normal because he's not normal. If we're aligned with him, we have to be okay with not being ordinary because Jesus was not ordinary, right? And we're doing this especially for those of you who are new to your faith. You're still kind of kicking the tires on your faith. You're trying to figure out, man, do I, am I really going to live this salvation experience? And maybe you're wondering, man, can I really live a sold-out life? Am I, are you really going to do it. We want you to know what you need to know so that you will gain confidence in living this Christian life. I don't want you to, to kind of be halfway and, and when somebody challenges you in your faith, you kind of don't know really who Jesus is because you haven't studied on your own or you haven't taken a look or nobody has communicated to you the truth of the gospel, right? That's what we're trying to do in this series is to help you know what you need to know, right? And the biggest thing that I can tell you about this Christian life is that as a Christian, we're not normal. We're a little crazy, no, right? As a Christian, we are not normal, right? What we believe in comparison to the world, what the world will say about us, right, is that we're abnormal, right? That we're different, that we're uncommon, that we are untraditional, that we're unusual, that you're a little strange or a little weird. And before, if I'm honest, the church has been uncomfortable with being those things. We've gotten to the place so much that we're trying to be like the world that we have lost, right, the, the, the extraordinary nature of who Christ is and who the church is actually called to be. And I'm saying, look, we're going back to being okay with not being normal. We are not normal. City Heart Church is not normal. That's, that's who we are, right? And look, we're normal we're not normal, say that, we're not normal, and we don't want to be. I don't want to be normal. I'd, I'd rather stand in contrast to this society because I recognize what is normal in the world is not anything that I really want in my life. What the world considers normal really ain't normal. It's really not normal. Why? Because I can see the death and the destruction and the darkness that's in it. And man, I don't want to live for that anymore. I, I want life. And if, the, if Jesus is saying that I am the way, the truth, and the life, then that's what I want. If the world's way is darkness and death and destruction, and that's normal, you can keep your normal. Go ahead and have it. I don't want it. I'd rather be weird. I'd rather be a little bit crazy. I'd rather be unusual right? Because, man, man, especially being as a Christian, right, or early in my faith, it can feel vulnerable living this Christian life. And I'm saying, I get that. I, I get why sometimes it's hard to make a decision to really walk with the Lord, because you're like, well, the, the, the world is saying this. They're saying this is normal. And, but, man, when I look at the Word, it's saying, man, it's saying stuff that's really tough. It's saying stuff that's really hard. And, and I can see the, the contrast between Jesus and the world, right? And that's where I'm saying, look, be okay with not being normal. Be okay with that because you really don't want to be normal. Why? It's because I recognize this normal will never satisfy you. It hasn't. 
If you're honest with yourself, you know that normal has never satisfied you. The people who have done amazing things in the world, amazing things in life, the people that have, man, done uh, man, awesome things, you know, in, in, in our country and in our world, those people decided at some point, you know what? I really don't want to be normal. I don't want to do normal things. I want to do something extraordinary because they recognized that normal wasn't satisfying their dreams. It wasn't satisfying their goals. It wasn't satisfying their inner desire. They weren't being made whole by the normal of the world and really the desire, the internal desire that they had to fulfill a great life, to do amazing things, to be creative and, 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 and to do, man, what they felt that God had called them to do, man, man even, even improving the world. They felt like, look, I have to do something out the box. I have to do something. If, if I'm going to do that, then I have to be okay with not doing what everybody else is doing. If, if I'm going to reach amazing levels, then I can't be comfortable with where I am or with what everybody else sees as okay or normal, but I have to choose to be exactly weird and be unusual so that I can accomplish the great things that I know I want to do. It's why some of you are even trying out this church thing. And maybe you're just, you're watching today because somebody else did a watch party or you're watching because your auntie was telling them, look, you got to, man, you got to get in the church. You got to do something, right? Maybe that's why you're watching. Or maybe it's because you recognize that God has called you to leave your ordinary life or that you have to finally do something different than what you've done to reach an amazing level in your life, to, to walk into the extraordinary life through Christ. And that's what we're calling you to today. And, and, and us doing that, how you get to that extraordinary place, how you get, man, how you leave the normal is through following Jesus and knowing exactly who he is. Yeah. It's by recognizing exactly who Jesus is, right? And Jesus really, he, he, he says this to his disciples. He says, look, I want you to know, I, I want to make sure that you know that I'm not normal. I'm not ordinary, right? He says in Matthew uh, 16, let's take a look. Matthew 16 verse 13 says this, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? Who do people say I am? And they replied, man, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and man, some, some others say Jeremiah or, or one of the prophets, right? And, and, but he looks at Peter, he turns to Simon Peter, he says, look, Simon Peter, what about you? Who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, which means, right, you're Christ, the anointed one, right? Son of the living God. This is an amazing answer he gave. And, and Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. What's it saying here? Look, Peter Got a, he, he got a word of knowledge about who Jesus was, right? In that moment, God blessed him with something amazing, right? Some wisdom, some supernatural wisdom that he did not have. And, and Jesus says, look, and I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell of Hades will not overcome it. He's saying, look, this, this, this revelation that you have, this is not a normal revelation. You knowing who I am, Man, like, that's, that's something given to you by God, right? And, and, and that, that description that, you, that he gives of Jesus is actually kind of controversial, right? You have to understand that this was an incredible statement of, of Peter to say amongst a group of people. Because culturally in that time, culturally in the, in the, in the Jewish culture, right, that's considered really blaspheming, calling anybody the Messiah. And for Peter to stand there and say, well, Lord, man, I, some people are saying, man, you're these prophets. But really, when I look at you, when I, who I know, who I've seen, who I've experienced, man, you, there's no way that you're not the Messiah. There's no way that you're not Christ. There's no way that you're not the son of the living God, right? And you're not ordinary. You're not normal, right? And so what he's saying is, look, you have changed the entire ball game, right? You are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the son of the living God, right? You're not just some, some major prophet or some other religious figure. You are the Christ. And so Peter risks being blasphemous, right, saying blasphemous words, right? And he could have been jailed. He could have been stoned, right? He could have been kicked out of his family, all these things for saying these words. But characterizing Jesus in this way, speaking this truth, 
right? At, at this time and in this way was so important because, man, all those, although Peter's words could have been considered crazy or off, they were accurate. And in this world, what's going to happen is you might start telling people about the truth of God or about the truth of your testimony and how Christ has affected you. And they might say, you know what, man, God ain't done that for you. You don't really know Jesus, right? And they're, they're going to say that you're crazy or you're not normal. But here's the truth. You know what the truth is, right? Peter could have been, right, uh, seen as crazy or seen as, as, as illegal or unlawful. But he said, look, I'd rather speak the truth about Jesus than deny who he is. It was Peter's way of saying, I recognize that you are the new way that's going to leave normal behind. That what you're going to do is going to leave, man, it's, it's different than what we've seen before. And it's something that I desire in my life. And we as believers, we as even, man, people that know God, we need to speak of Jesus in the same way in our lives. Maybe I'll get into trouble. Man, maybe people will call me crazy. Maybe people will say that I'm unusual. Maybe people won't like me or they'll call me weird. But I'm going to proclaim that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is the Lord of my life. And I, man, I will live like it come what may, that I don't care what the world says because I recognize that what the world has is not for me. So I'd rather live with the consequences. I'd rather live with the cost of knowing Jesus and being weird than being normal and being lost. I'd rather know Jesus and leave normal behind. And for many of you, many of you proclaiming this truth, it's not going to be normal for your life. It might upset the apple cart of your life amongst your family and amongst your friends. It might cause you to lose some relationships or change your life. And we've seen that, right, this week. We've seen some people that maybe you lost some relationships. Maybe you've seen some people in a way that you didn't believe. Maybe Man, you've, you've had an experience with people that you knew, or maybe they were Facebook friends or, you, or people that you consider real friends. It might have even been family where you were like, man, you, you've had to take a hard look, right? And just for the simple fact that you might have said, and, and the world is saying at this moment that black lives matter, right? And that's, ooh, before this moment, that was something hard to say. And people say, oh, you're crazy. You're unusual for saying that. And look, I know some pastors. I got some friends that have lost, man, they've lost some membership. They've lost some tithe paying people in their church because, man, because of the fact that they were awakened and they gained some spiritual backbone in their life. And they're willing to say that what we've seen in this normal is not matching up to what I know Jesus to be and the truth of the gospel. And man, and I'm going to call the truth as I see it. I'm going to speak the accuracy and the truth of who Jesus is versus fitting back into the normalization of what's gone, going on or been going on in society, right? They're, they're speaking the truth that Jesus isn't just a lamb of love, but actually he is a lion of justice and that both parts of him are important to knowing who he is. And we can't just lean on the lamb of love side and kind of try to kumbaya everything over or try to all lives matter everything over and saying everything's okay. No, there are people that are hurting and and we as a church need to, need to speak out and say, we recognize you and we are here with you. And because we are in relationship with Jesus who went to the broken, who went to the wretched, who went to the hurting, who went to the lost, he went to the suffering and he risked his life for all of us, but especially for those people. That's who we serve, and we're not afraid to say it. And it might cost me a friendship, but if it cost me that friendship, you were never my friend. We have to be cool enough to say that. We have to be honest enough to say that and know, right, that we're saying that one in love. Make sure you say it in love. Don't just cuss people out. Man, say it in love. But we, look, we have to be able to tell the truth. And it's not to offend people. It's not to make people feel bad. But it's to, it's to let the world know who we actually serve. Jesus didn't come for those, right? He leaves the 99 to go after the one. The 99 are fine. They're doing okay, but the one is hurting. And so we have to leave the 99, he says, is to go after the one so that they would know that the shepherd loves them too. Y'all don't speak good today, right? And so speaking, speaking strongly about the real truth of Christ and his gospel, man, you got to know it's not normal. It's not normal for even churches these days to talk about that. 
But we are Christ's body. And we have to be okay with not being normal because Jesus wasn't normal. Jesus was not ordinary. He wasn't ordinary. John 15, 18, Jesus even knew this himself. And he tells his disciples this. He says, look, if the world hates you, please trust, please keep in mind that it actually hated me first, right? And if you belong to the world, it will love you as its own. Um, as it is, you do not belong to the world. Look, but I have chosen you out of this world. So if you're experiencing people hating you right now because you're not afraid to tell the truth of who Jesus is, trust. Jesus is like, well, just, just know this is what you signed up for, babe. Right? It's okay. Like, this is, this is, I just want you to know that, right? that because you're following me that the world is going to hate you. And that's okay. And he says, look, remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, then they will persecute you also, right? If they obeyed my teaching, then they, they will obey yours also. And they will treat you this way because of my name. For they do not know the one who sent me. The people that can't say the truth about God, the people that can't recognize the truth of his gospel, those people don't know God. And before churches would be, man, a lot of churches are still now afraid to say that. The gospel is offensive, the word says that. The gospel is offensive. And so sometimes, man, look, I'm not trying to offend you, but if I read this word in truth and what it says, if we break it down based on what it says, it might offend you. And we're not trying to, but just know that, man, this offensive word, this word that's not normal or usual is actually God's word. And so what, what, what Peter does, right, he, he tries to do the same thing that Jesus was doing, and that was letting his disciples know that believing in Jesus and following Jesus was not going to be normal. He wanted them to accept the fact that because they were going to be responsible for living and teaching others, right, the ordinary truth of who Jesus is, right, that they had to understand the cost before they jumped into it. He wanted them to know, hey, it's not going to look like what we've been, what, what we think we knew all this time. It's actually going to look different. And that's where we see in Acts chapter two, right? Peter is immediately after the Holy Spirit descends and we see really the birth of the church. This is the moment where the church is formed. And I, I love that it's this moment, right? It's because Peter is explaining first off the truth of the gospel of who Jesus is. And he didn't sugarcoat it for them. He's giving them some hard truth, right, that they're hearing for the first time about, for some of them about Jesus for the first time, and he's giving them the real raw truth. He's telling them, look, this is who Jesus is, and let me show you what he says. Right, Acts 2, we read it earlier. He says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited to you, to God, by God to you, by miracles, wonders, and signs. What he's doing here is saying, look, God gave us Jesus, and this is the person who God has said, this is my son, this is the Messiah, right? He says, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know, right? This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death. Now, I don't know about you, but if you read those words, imagine people, right, standing around Peter and they're hearing this. That's going to sting. If somebody's saying that to you, that, look, you, don't, you put him to death. It was you, right? That's going to hurt, right? But he keeps on saying, he says, look, you put him to death by nailing him to the cross, but God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. He's giving, talking here about the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to say, verse 29 says, fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. So this king that you know, King David, that you have set up and you, you understand who he is in the, in the history and the culture of our country. Look, he's saying this is, this, this is a person that you respect. And David, this person that you respect, here's what he said. He was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. So he's saying, look, this is, this is now he's explaining, here is the lineage of Jesus. This is who Jesus comes from. He comes from King David's lineage, right? And he's saying, seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, right? He's saying that person that I told you was raised from the dead, that's this same person that David was saying, that prophesied about was going, was going to be on his throne, and he's now has lived among you, but you killed him, 
right? He's, he's trying to point out signs. He's giving them convincing proofs. Again, we talked about that last week. He says, right, he's talking about the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body decay, right? God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. What he's given, look, he's putting down the gauntlet and saying, look, y'all knew Jesus. Y'all saw him healing the sick and raising the dead and doing miracles and signs and wonders. That's the same Jesus that David was talking about, right? Seeing what was to come, he spoke about the resurrection of the Messiah, about that he was not abandoned to the realm of dead, nor did by decay, but God raised him to life and we are witnesses of it, right? And this Jesus is exalted to the right hand of God. And he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. And, and so right at that time, what they were seeing and hearing was the spirit falling, right? And people speaking in tongues. That's what they were seeing and hearing at that moment. And he says, for David did not ascend to heaven. And yet he said, the Lord said to my Lord, this is, he's saying, look, God said to Jesus, right? Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. And therefore let all Israel be assured of this right? This is his final, kind of final statement in this segment. He says, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. He's saying, look, if you are going to be a follower of God, you better be following Jesus because that's who God put on the throne, that he is Lord and Messiah. And I want you to know that that's what we believe about Jesus. That's what we know about him. And here's why we believe it. Right? We believe this about Jesus, but we know that God would not have gone through all this work. He would not, he, he, he would not have, man, he could have just picked a normal prophet. He could have just picked Jeremiah or, or Elijah. He could have picked that. But he went through all the work of picking somebody that wasn't ordinary because ordinary just wouldn't do. He needed someone that could fulfill literally every prophecy, every lineage, right, point fulfilled, right? Every prophecy was fulfilled. All of that, right, he had to do, right? It had to be somebody that wasn't ordinary because it couldn't be anybody normal. It couldn't be anybody normal, anybody ordinary. It had to be Jesus. And, and that's the thing that we recognize for even our culture today, that we can't settle for the world, we can't settle for normal. You know why? Because we're not going to save this generation with our ordinary religion. We're not going to save it by the trappings of our tradition or, man, our, our religion or, or, or the kind of the habits and the ways of church that we've done for so long. That's not going to work anymore with this generation. You know why? Because this generation refuses to be normal or normalized. This generation is saying, look, we want everything, every dream, every goal, every promise promise that we see in the word that we even see for Americans in the constitution. We want it all. If it says it there, then I want it. And we as a church need to say to the world, look, if you want to live your passions and your dreams and your goals, this is what the word says. And we want you to have it, right? So we can't settle for a cupcake Jesus anymore. We can't just settle for just a westernized gospel anymore, but we have to speak the truth of who God is. Why? It's because the ordinary will, man, it will not win this lost and dying world. It just won't do anymore. We need the real Jesus. And we're going to have to know him ourselves. We're going to have to live the truth. We're going to have to walk with him, right? So that our world will know Jesus. And, and, it's, and, it's, and the reason why we have to do it is so that they can see our lives and begin to count the cost for themselves. They'll see, wow, I recognize what I have. I've estimated that what I have isn't enough. And they'll understand, look, I want to go where I see you going in Christ. I want to be there too. I want to know the freedom. Man, I want to know the joy. I want to know the peace. I want to know the grace that you've received, right? And, and so, and then what are they going to do? They're going to consider if they need him in his life too. But if we're not living Jesus, if we're not preaching the true Jesus to this generation, they're going to reject everything we have to say. That's why we have to live it 
to the fullest. And that's why, look, that's why Matthew 17, 7, 13 is important, right? Because he tells us here to enter through the narrow gate. This way that we're supposed to live is not normal. It's not ordinary. But we need the Jesus that is exceptional and extraordinary. And everybody's not going to walk that path. Why? Right? It says here, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. So this road that the world is on, this normalized road, everybody's going that way. You know where they're going? To hell. Let me say it. They're leading to destruction, right? And there's a lot of people that are going to go that way. But small is the gate. And narrow is the road that leads to life. And there's only a few that find it. And those few are unusual. Those few are uncommon. Those few might be, man, they're deemed weird by the world. They're not normal. We're not normal. But you know what? I'm okay with not being normal. I'd rather not be normal and know Christ. I'd rather be normal, not normal, and know life through Jesus than to stay normal and be lost. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather not be normal. We're not normal. As believers, people that are following Christ, we're not normal. And that's because we follow Jesus. He wasn't ordinary. Because the ordinary just won't do anymore. The ordinary just won't do. Some of y'all hearing this message, man, you've been there. You're there right now. And you're looking not just at the country, but you're looking at your own life. And you're seeing the existence that you've been living. And you know that it's not living up to the passions or the goals or the standard of what you desire to do and what you know God has for you. And you also struggle with the desire to fit in, the desire to feel normal with the world. But I believe in this season that what we're seeing is not just natural, but it's actually spiritual. What God wants us to know is that ordinary just won't do anymore. In your life, you're gonna have to make a conscious, sober-minded decision to follow him. That you're gonna have to count the cost and he wants you to do that and we want you to do that. And the reason why we want you to do that is not so that you'd lose relationships. It's not so that you would, man, you'd suffer loss, but it's so that you can live in the extraordinary and exceptional life that God has for you, that we've experienced, and that we know. And that makes us not want to ever be normal again in our lives. We've chosen Jesus, and we've seen him work miracles in our lives. We've experienced his grace and his mercy for us and to us. And that's what we want you to have, not just a normal life, I'm tired of being normal. I'm tired of being ordinary. I want to know God in a way that's beyond anything I've experienced. And anything that I'd have to lay down to get to that, I'm willing to do that. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. That's what he said to his disciples. Man, you have to get to that place where it doesn't matter who or what it is, I would lay it all down to know the love of Jesus. Maybe that's you today, you're watching, and I don't know why you're watching, but man, you've been brought to this moment to our stream because God wanted to speak something into your life today. You've been questioning God. You've been questioning, man, how do I get to this next place? And, and I believe that today he's given you the answers because he doesn't want you to be normal. 
But in order to do that, as I said before, you've got to know Jesus and you need to allow him to be in your life. How do we do that? As believers, the word tells us to confess, to accept, and to believe. To believe in him, what he, what he did, all those things that we said that Peter talked about. We have to believe those things and accept them for us and begin to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And so I want to give you an opportunity right now to pray a prayer where you can do that, where you can confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you can accept him into your heart so that you can believe all the things of who he is. Would you do that with me today? I, man, I, I love for people all across our city who are watching our stream. I'd love for you to pray with us. If you're a believer, man, I'd love for you to pray with those who are non-believers. And if you are, amen, you're ready at the moment right now to believe. You're ready to put your trust in Jesus. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Because once you pray it, then you will have a connection with Jesus. Man, so let's all bow our heads and let's pray together. And pray it loud with me. Say, Lord. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for caring about me. I thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, for me to die on the cross for my sin and my shame and my guilt. I believe he rose from the dead and I make a choice right now for him to live in my heart. I choose to follow Jesus from this day forward. Thank you, Lord. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer today, I want you to know that you are saved. And I want you to take another step with me. If you're watching online, you'll see in the comment section below, there should be a link right there that's asking you the question, look, did you make a decision today? And, and if you did, I want you to let us know because we wanna come alongside you. As we said, look, the, the, the road is narrow and it's small and it's also sometimes bumpy, if I can be honest. But you have a family of believers that are right here with you. Look, if you're in the, in the comment section and you already know the Lord, you're just put some hearts in there, some thumbs up to let other people know that, man, you trust God already. And for those of you, if you made that decision today, know that you've got a family that's right beside you that wants to help you along in this walk. Man, we are praying for you and praying that God would move in such an amazing way in your life that you would begin to be okay with leaving what's normal, that you'd be okay with knowing that the ordinary just won't do. What we need is only found in Jesus. And I pray that you were blessed today by the worship and the word. I pray that you were encouraged and even challenged by this message. Man, it's been our pleasure been just bringing this word to you online. Man, we'll be back next week again with, with, two, with two services um, in the morning, and we want you to be a part of it. And look, if you don't have a church home, man, connect with us on there as well. We'd love to, to, talk, to talk to you and to see how we can serve you as a church. That is our goal. But I want to wish you, man, just a blessed day. I pray that God's love would shine on you, man, that his peace would just settle on your life, that of your family and your friends, and that you know him in a real way. Thank you for worshiping with us today. Have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.